Hey, good morning, Christ Church. It is so good to be in worship with you together, whether you're here with us here in the West Auditorium, you're in the East Auditorium, or if you're joining us online, it's so good to be here with you this morning. My name is Pastor Mike. I'm one of the pastors here on our pastoral team, and I have the privilege and honor to pick up where Pastor Bob left off these past two weeks in our series, I'm Okay everything's fine. And so Pastor Bob has done a brilliant job of setting this up. If you missed those two first messages, I invite you to go onto our YouTube page and check those out. Um, he shares some of his personal story, and uh, it's just it's really powerful stuff. So as we get here today talking about I'm okay, everything's fine, I have a question for you. When you do that inward heart check within yourself and you say, am I okay? Am I fine? Because I think we say that. I think we say, I'm okay, everything's fine, I got this. But is it? Are you okay? Because I think so many of us, we go about our entire lives trying to project to the world that we're doing okay even when we're not. That even when we are carrying heavy burdens or we feel like we're in a valley in our life, we feel so much pressure to not let anybody know about it, to try to hide that away from people and reassure everybody else and maybe try to reassure ourselves that everything is fine, even when it feels like our entire world is falling apart. And I think this pervasive feeling of feeling like you know, even when everything is going wrong, we still have to say, you know, this is fine, is one of the reasons why this became one of the most popular memes in the past five years. Because I think this image of like, hey, look, my house is burning down, but you know what? This is fine. Is a feeling that we can all relate to on one level or another. This feeling of like, man, my world is coming apart, but I have to tell myself and I have to tell other people that, you know, it's going to be okay even when it doesn't feel like it's going to be okay. But the question that I have for us is, do we really think that we're fooling anybody when our words don't match our body language? When our inward disposition doesn't match the way that we project ourselves to the rest of the world, do we really think that we're fooling anybody? Because with our emotional well-being, we still wear that on our sleeves. That, to me, it's not so different from having a physical weight that we carry around. That we carry this big weight. And we walk around with it. And people come up to us and they say, hey, how you doing? And we say, you know, it's fine. I'm okay. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And they're like, you know... Seems like something's really weighing you down these days. You know, you just seem, you seem a little down. And us, we go, what do you mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. Ugh. We're all good here. <clears throat> Nothing to see. Everything's perfectly normal. But I would encourage us to say, that's not how we should be living. We shouldn't be living in a way in which we can't be authentic selves 
with the rest of the world or even with ourselves. And I understand why we try to hide it away, why we try to pretend that we're doing okay even when we're not, because being vulnerable is scary. Because I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience where you finally get the courage to open up to somebody who says, how you doing today? And you end up spilling your guts. And sometimes it's like this, where somebody is like, you know, how's your day going? And it's like, you know, it's not going great. You know, my grandma is in the hospital, and I think this might be her time. And you know, a part of me knows that she's going to be with God and be in a better place, but also I'm just, I'm not sure that I'm ready. And you know, they got her hopped up on pain medications and she said some really nasty things to my mom and now I feel bad for my mom and I feel like I have to take care of her and take care of my grandma. And you know, it's really been hard. And the scariest thing about when we share that, you know, sometimes to a kindly stranger who says, you know, how you doing today? And we just kind of vomit up all of the stuff that we have. The most horrifying response that we can get is, sir, this is a target. That sometimes it doesn't feel like the appropriate space or the appropriate time. We're so scared about the ways that other people are going to react to the ways in which we are vulnerable with other people that we just clam up. And the hard thing is that it's not just out in the world, it's not just with our friends, it's not with strangers, but sometimes it's even here in the church that we do not feel safe to admit to each other that we're not doing okay. You know, if you're like me, it's hard to walk through that atrium and even get into this space without at least a half dozen people going, hey, good morning, how are you? And they don't want to hear your life story. You're just supposed to say good and walk on by, right? Well, the hard thing is that that's a defense mechanism too because I have a confession to make that, that we in the church, man, we haven't always been good about people not being okay. That our theology of being not okay as Christians hasn't always been great. You see, oftentimes when we share the heavy things that are going on in our lives, people who are perfectly well-meaning have a tendency to cut us off right at the knees. When we admit that we're going through a sense of grief and prolonged sadness, you know, there are people who are like, you know, your loved one is in a better place. Like, why are you still sad? Be happy, be joyful. But that's just not how you feel. Sometimes we carry around anxiety over our kids or our job, and people say, you know, if you just trusted God more, if you just had more faith, then there'd be nothing to worry about. There'd be nothing to be anxious about. But the hard thing is that grief and anxiety and depression, they don't mean that you don't trust God. It just means that you're human. And my encouragement to us as a people of God is not to cut each other off when somebody comes to you and shares that hard and difficult thing that is going on in their lives. And we're going to put a pin in this because I want to talk more about the ways in which we can 
sometimes fail and sometimes succeed about talking about mental health in church. But we're going to save that for next week. But right now, what I want to focus on is this idea that it is okay to be honest with the people around you. It's necessary in some ways. That you have permission to be honest with God with how you're really feeling because the authors of the Bible were. Even these amazing figures of faith who authored our scriptures, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows and glory to God in the highest for them. Many of them wrote to God and in sight of all of God's people things that were very sad and allowing the truth of not being okay to spill out into the pages of scripture. In Psalm 88, it says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. Does it seem like this person is doing okay? I don't think so. I am as good as dead. That is a profoundly sad thing to admit to God and to admit to the world. The psalmist continues on saying, they have left me among the dead and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. Now, even if the reality is that God is with us and loves us, it doesn't keep us from those moments in which we feel cut off from God and we feel cut off from God's people. And it is okay for us to be able to admit feeling that way. God can handle it. That God can handle your honesty and so can the people in this church. There's an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. And it's just like it sounds. It is a book of lament in which the author is sharing the pain of watching their home destroyed and their people being sold off into slavery. Heavy, heavy stuff. And the author of Lamentations says, I have cried until the tears no longer come. Look, this isn't I'm sad today. This is I have been sad for so long that tears aren't even coming anymore when I cry. I have cried until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken. My spirit is poured out in agony as I see the desperate plight of my people. This is honesty with God and with God's people about not being okay. And the thing is, when we are in these moments that feel like we're in the darkest moments, the deepest valleys, it is okay to invite people into your life to come beside you. In fact, I think it is necessary to lean on the other people of faith to come alongside you when you feel this way. And it's okay to be honest about being not okay because Jesus was. That as he was journeying to the cross and he knew what was about to happen and the suffering that he was going to undertake, he spends time with his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. And from the book of Mark, it says this, 
The disciples went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. Now here's the thing. Even though there was a bunch of people with him, and he said, you know, come, come sit here. I'm going to go and pray. He even took a smaller group of friends with him to be beside him. It says he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. And watch, even Jesus, God himself, is able to be honest with his friends how he's really feeling inside. He says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. That even Jesus needed his friends to come alongside of him in a moment of grief. And so as much as we need God and we cry out for God, we also need God's people in our life as well. That we need to surround ourselves with people of faith to come alongside of us <coughs> in those most difficult moments. And the reason that I think that this is so important is that one of the best ways to show that that God shows that he hasn't forgotten about us, that he still does care for us, is through his people. That God shows his love and care for us by surrounding us with people of faith who come alongside of us in our darkest moments. Hey, I'm wondering if our person in the back, do you mind doing slides for me? There, my clicker's not working anymore. Thanks. And so one of the things that I really appreciated about the story that you guys heard today from Jerice <clears throat> is that she talked about how she needed her small group to come alongside of her in her moment of grief over her mom's passing. And what I think is really fascinating, and I hope that you caught this small tidbit, is that she talked about how there were other people that were in her group that were also walking through grief and loss, people who had lost parents and spouses and even children. And so when Jerise came to a moment where she needed love and care, God had already sent people to surround her who understood what she was going through and were able to walk with her in her most difficult moments. <coughs> and what I love about that story is that it reminds me so much of my own experience with small groups. That um, I want to tell a little bit about our story. You can go to the next slide. <clears throat> um, so before we came to Christ Church, my wife and I, we were going to a different church and uh, we decided that it was about time for us to start trying to have kids. And the thing about that is that my wife has a condition called PCOS. And the specifics of the condition are not particularly important, except for one, is that PCOS makes it really difficult to get pregnant. And a lot of people who have it never do. And so even before we got married, we knew that our journey to having kids was going to be long and it was going to be hard, but it still didn't quite prepare us for the sadness of month after month 
negative pregnancy test after pregnancy test. It didn't prepare us or change the fact that each month there was a deep sadness every time we knew that this month wasn't the month. And the thing is, we did everything that we thought we were supposed to do. We consulted with doctors and fertility specialists, and we met with our pastor, and our pastor prayed over us, and we did all of the tests and trying to run through all of the scenarios. And still, for over two years, nothing. Which is about the time that we came to Christ Church. And we came to Christ Church, and I'll never forget, it was the very first Sunday that I was even here at Christ Church, and I got talking with this young couple who said, hey, we have a small group that meets on Mondays. Do you want to join us? And I was like, sure, that would be, that'd be great. And so this group ended up surrounding us in prayer and scripture, and it was so good to get to know these people, and this became, you know, a new family, a new community, And eventually, we grew to trust them enough that we shared with them our story and what was really going on in our lives that weighed so heavy on our hearts each month. And there was another couple in this group, another couple who came up to us the first time that we shared what we had been going through, and they said, hey, us too. It took us a really long time to get pregnant, and we know what it's like to wait and to do test after test and wonder if God was ever going to bless us with kids. But you know what? God saw us through that. He helped us find a great doctor, and now we have twins. And so that couple, they prayed with us, and they walked with us, and they checked in with us, and they texted us, and we were able to share with them in the moments that were still difficult. And we eventually ended up seeing the same doctor that they did. And in just over four months, we ended up getting pregnant ourselves. And so now today we have two beautiful daughters. You can go to the next slide. This is Hannah and this is Bethany. And they're very, very cute. And not only do I believe strongly in the depths of my heart that These two kids are God's miracle in our life, but I also firmly believe that God's miracle was sending this other couple into our small group. That God used them as his angels to walk with us in the hardest moments of our lives and to carry us through until God was ready to bless us as well. Because I think here's the thing, is that all of us go through moments that are difficult. We all have our moments in which we are not okay. And I don't think that God puts us in these moments because God is punishing us. But I do think that God is preparing us. That in the same way that when we lift our physical weights, It is hard for us to carry these weights for a long time, and the longer we carry them, we inevitably get stronger. And just like a physical weight, the emotional burdens that we carry around with us 
make us stronger as well. And God is going to use that strength to bless somebody else. That you are going to be able to have the strength to carry somebody else through a difficult moment in their life because of what you are going through right now. And this only happens in the middle of community. That I am absolutely convinced that the gospel does not happen in a vacuum, but that God's good news and God's love and care for us happens right here. In this room with the people that are on your left and on your right, the community that we create here is the most palpable way that we feel God's love in our lives. And I'm reminded of this command, not even a command, but these words that come from Pastor Paul in the book of Galatians. You can go to the next slide. It says, bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. See, the way that we fulfill the law of Christ is by being that strength for one another. We fulfill God's calling in us when we walk alongside people who are not okay. And so whatever it is that you are going through right now, if you feel like you're in that valley moment, if you feel like everything is not fine right now, know that God is still with you and so are we. That God's love and redemption are with you. Because our God is in the resurrection business, bringing new life to us today and tomorrow and in the next life. And so even when you are feeling most dead and alone and forgotten, God is with you. And the promise of this church right here is that we are with you too. And there are people here that are looking to surround you with God's love and care to pray with you and to walk with you so that someday you might bless somebody else with your story. It's one of the things that I love about my wife is when I asked if I could share our personal story today, she said, of course. How could I keep the witness of what God has done in our life away from other people if it could make a difference in somebody else's life. And so it's my firmest belief that God goes to work when we trust him and when we trust his people. When we're able to admit that we're not fine, that's when God's grace appears most fully. Amen? Let's pray. Gracious God, we come to you knowing that we carry heavy burdens with us, that we carry our grief and our loss, our anxieties, and we lift them up to you. God, hear our cries that even when we have no more tears left, we trust you, that these burdens that we carry won't remain forever. God, we give you thanks for the ways in which you have sent people in our lives already and the ways in which you have prepared to send more people 
into our life to strengthen us, to keep us and to pray for us, to lift us up and remind us of your goodness and your glory. God, I ask for those of us that have come through it, may you give us the courage to share our stories and to testify to the ways that you have brought us through. Help give us the strength to be the community, the kingdom that you have desired for us from the very beginning. So God, be with us, send your spirit upon us and move us forward into the future that you have designed for us. We pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.